millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. Nestled along the banks of the Mississippi River in Louisiana, Oak Alley Plantation is an iconic symbol of southern charm and grandeur. Its stunning tree-lined entrance framed by 28 majestic live oaks creates a captivating and romantic allure that has drawn visitors for generations. But beyond its breathtaking beauty lies a history steeped in darkness and mystery. The tales of the restless spirits, the eerie whispers in the night and the apparitions that have been witnessed by visitors make Oak Alley Plantation a destination for those who seek the thrill of the supernatural. Who are the ghosts that wander this huge plantation? Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, prepare yourselves for a journey into the scariest secret that Oak Alley Plantation holds, the lingering presence of its spectral inhabitants. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Back in 1978, while visiting my then fiancé who lived in New Orleans, my travelling companion and I decided to drive out to some of the plantations in the countryside while my fiancé was at work. We ended up at a plantation located roughly halfway between the city and Baton Rouge. It was a lovely, stately old place, situated adjacent to the Mississippi, its banks contained by a high, earthen levee. This property had a beautiful stone staircase built into the mound that led to the top of it. Because we were limited on time, we decided to forego the walk up to the top of the levee and made a dash to the house to catch the tour that was just about to start. Being the last ones to arrive, we were at the tail end of the group of about 15 people. I was so fascinated with the building, the history and the stories that came with it. I was oblivious to any emotions or vibrations that the place may have been projecting. On the second floor, we passed from room to room, the furniture and living areas neatly roped off for viewing, but no touching. Every room was connected to each other through a doorway not much privacy in this place. We had just passed through one of the ladies' boudoirs, and being the last in line, we were standing in the doorway waiting for the group to move forward. Suddenly, 
the closet door from a huge armoire adjacent to the doorway swung open and smacked me in the back. I had just finished telling my friend that the fully attired dressmaker's form by the window creeped me out. Momentarily shocked, I stared at my friend, who was open-mouthed and bug-eyed, for she had been facing me and had seen it swing open on its own. Our what-the-reaction kicked in, and we peeked into the closet. The hangers were swinging back and forth. Needless to say, we pushed forward through the group. Some started grumbling, but we didn't care, and stayed in the middle of the pack until the end of the tour. We said a quick thank you to the tour operator at the end and headed back to our car and drove away. Once on the main road, we started jabbering like it was now okay to talk, going over and over what happened. We came to the conclusion that I had offended someone with my comment, but by the time we got home, we were exhausted. The rest of our stay was uneventful, no spirits, even though we ate at a haunted restaurant. Personally, I think the whole lovely city is full of spirits. Welcome back to the studio, Anne. Thank you, Auntie Nata. And we are recording this just before we leave for New Orleans. Yes, and I I begged, could we please do this one? Because I had heard from some other people how beautiful Oak Alley Plantation was. And I thought, we need to know the ghost stories before we go. Mm -hmm. We need to know the history Mm -hmm. before we go. Because... We are staying there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited about that because we have free run of the place. We don't get to go inside at night time, mm-hmm. but we've got run of the grounds. Do we really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my golly gosh. Oh, my golly gosh. <laughs> and we're staying in uh, cabins that are alongside the plantation house that um, were recreated slave houses. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they, they weren't the original, but they were built where they were in the style. Mm-hmm. That, well, I, I hope we've got a little more than they had. Oh, uh, look, we, we're going to come across a haunting. It's, it's got, 100% it's guaranteed. It's going to happen. It's going to happen somewhere. It's going to happen. Um, yes. So tell me, Renata. Very exciting. I need to know because we're like <laughs> we're days away from leaving now. We are. And I'm we beyond are. Beyond excited. We I are. just want to go now. All right. Let me tell you some of the history right, that for I found. Um, so this this whole area actually goes back to around the 1700s, early 1700s, probably just a few years before 1718, um, which is the founding of New Orleans as the colonial seat of government. And there was a French settler who selected the site uh, that is now the Oak Alley site. Uh, and so we, we're, we're back a little bit further than, um, you know, when... Uh, the whole O'Kelly and the big house and everything um, came into being. So he was the person who actually planted the 28 oak trees in two rows, 14 on each side, 80 feet apart, and they formed the avenue of trees a quarter mile in length leading all the way to the Mississippi River. And they're still there today. And they are still there today. In all their glory. So they reckon... Yep, are, we, are we going to go hug one? Three, oh, absolutely. Hug every single one of them. Uh, 300 years, and they, they say that they'll definitely be there for another 300 years. If only they could Amazing. talk. Oh, yes, if only they could talk. And that, that was actually a... Um, uh, the... <coughs> title of um, one of the pieces of information that I read. If only the trees could talk. Mm. <laughs> so let's let's move forward a little bit well, in time. What was time. the name of the person? Do you know I his name? I don't know. No, I don't oh, know. Okay. Didn't find that. Um, let's move forward to the 19th century and yep. let's go to 1836. And the land is now uh, Oak Alley and it is uh, purchased by a French Creole named Jacques Tell us for Roman. Roman. I love how you've done this. Jacques Telefort Roman. Roman. <laughs> now, why do we say Roman? Why do we say it like that, Renata? 
Because that's your husband's that's name. That's my husband's name. Mm. He's named Roman. Roman in the gloaming. Okay. Roman soldier or Roman hands. Oh, mm. God. Uh, and I, tr- I just I wanted to clarify what Creole means, and I'll go back to that in a minute because I, I wasn't. You know, we don't know these things down in Australia. No, so and I to we don't look. want to come across there being um, I'm not naive, but ignorant. Mm. We we want to sort of honour the the culture by at least Having understanding look, yes. some of it. Yeah. Uh, when Jacques took over, it actually wasn't called Oak Alley yet. Sorry, my my bad. It was called Bon Sejour. So bon Sejour. It's close to French as bon I'm going Sejour. to get. Bon Sejour. Yep. Okay. Uh, and it means more or less good living. And oh. it was it was named by uh, Jacques's wife, uh, who I'll speak about in a minute, because that's that's what they wanted. They wanted to come over and have a good life, and so this is um, you know uh, what they called the home. So Jacques was born in the eighteen hundreds or in eighteen hundred in Saint John the Baptist Parish of Louisiana, uh, and he came from a wealthy Creole family. Now Creole means uh, that it's a mixed race descendants from Europeans and Africans born in the islands. Right. Okay. And in 1836, he acquired the property that then became known as Oak Alley Plantation. So under Jacques' operation uh, and ownership, uh, the big house, the mansion, uh, was constructed between 1837 and 1839. Seven, eight, nine, so two years to construct it. Mm. And it was probably or still is one of the most iconic features of the plantation. So everyone that goes there wants to see the house. Yeah. Um, and it's in Greek Revival architecture, and it has this grand alley, um, alleyway of 28 uh, live oak trees. It's Every time I read it, they say live oak yeah, trees. I, I was curious about, mm. sorry about that, because when you said live, I thought, well, they're not dead. No, but maybe, <coughs> you know, they've been looked after. They are all living. Like none of them have perished. Yeah. There yeah. isn't a gap. Yeah. They're all still there, which is absolutely beautiful. So Jacques and Selena, um, they built their their um, house uh, using slave labour 175 years ago. So the Romans chose a popular style, which was Greek revival, which we see a lot of in the area. And that always included very large columns at the front and sometimes around the entire house, depending on how much money people had. It had thick brick walls to keep the house cool during the hot Louisiana weather and lots of shady porches, which were called galleries. Did you know how many columns there were? Um, I did read, but I didn't think it was important, but go it ahead. Is. There's 28. Oh, okay. There's 28 live oak trees and oh, there 28. are 28 columns. There you go. So I tried to do some digging to find out what the significance of that. I thought maybe there was some uh, um, well, the, the Sim- just, symbology, yeah, uh, sacred geometry or something mm-hmm. like that. I couldn't find anything. I didn't get as much time to dig as I wanted to. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Mm. Mm. So Selena Roman wasn't or Roman, I don't know, does that sound French or does it sound Italian? I don't know. Uh, she wasn't just a trophy wife. French. She played a really pivotal role in the management of the plantation and they had three children and she uh, became the lady of the house after Jacques' untimely death in 1848. Now, the Romans were quite wealthy and the big house, as they called it, was very luxurious and it looked over the plantation operations and this is where Selena raised her three children, Louise, Octavie and Renée. And Jacques and Selena brought in teachers to teach their children French and English. And the young children were never short of toys or amusements or visitors. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're living the fine life. They are. At the expense of someone else. But that's okay. Now, no, it's not okay, but we'll just keep going. Interesting that in one bit of information that I found, because Jacques did die young, 
um, from an accident, allegedly. And I read that he lost his life in a steamboat accident. Oh. Right? But you know we're going on a steamboat. Mm, so well, we're going to try and get you on a steamboat. And um, in another bit of information, I actually found out that he was a victim of tuberculosis. So mm, there you go. Mm. <laughs> um, I kind of probably want to believe the tuberculosis rather than the yeah. steamboat accident. But if anyone has any absolute information on how Jacques died, let us know so we can actually sort this yeah. out. He might have had tuberculosis and died on the steamboat accident. No. It, it no. could have been both. No. Uh, but... He did pass uh, at the age of 48, and this left Selena in charge of the whole plantation. Now, this was absolutely remarkable because a woman in the 19th century in the South kind of didn't do that thing. They went off for coffees and, you know, um, you know soirees and, and things. They were decorative and pieces what's, what's of... What's the name of the, co- the cocktail? Of, Something tulip? Um, oh, what is it? Something tulip. Lemon, um, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mint, mint, mint tulip. Mint that's tulip. Right. We can have a mint tulip. Uh, and yes, yes. Oh, good. And so oh, I'm so excited. This this was quite amazing that she was left to deal with all of this. I kind of wonder, and maybe the ghost stories will tell us whether having a female in charge of the house made it gentler to be there, or hmm. did she did she um, uh, have overseas to look after the slaves. All right, so let me go ahead. The Roman uh, family lived in Oak Alley throughout the Civil War, and Jacques died here, as I said, in 1848, a victim of tuberculosis. Um, so they were spared the overwhelming social and political turmoil resulting from the war and the Reconstruction. Now, in 1866, Henri, the only surviving Roman son, was forced to sell the plantation and all but their most personal belongings at auction for a mere $32,800. Yes, I heard they weren't actually very good with the money. No. Oh, dear. But I want to go back because um, we do have to mention the, the slaves. Sorry, I use that word, but it's just it's appropriate historically, to the, we, the time. Yeah, we're historically using the words. Um, I do hate everything about it, but just putting it in. Um, it's awkward for us. Yeah. we don't know how we don't know how to handle this um, in the current. What's the you know? Um, oh, it's just difficult tonight. Uh, yes. PC way. Yeah. We, we don't. Well, we don't I, know. So we, we we everything we're saying is with respect. Yeah. And if we uh, trigger upset anyone, that was not our intention. We just being from Australia, we we don't know. Yeah. So we look. I did read um, that uh, in a number of um, papers they used the term enslaved, enslaved people. Yeah, oh, does it make that much of a difference? Maybe not. It's sounding um, like those who unalive themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So anyway, the, we we do apologise. We don't mean are, to offend anyone by saying the word slave. Yeah, but the the words are triggers, and that's what's upsetting. So they're just substituting a different word, and then that word will become a trigger yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So the main thing that was um, keeping the. Um, plantation alive and what the plantation was there for was sugarcane and that was a crop that was grown um, on the plantation at Oak Alley. So slaves cut and processed the sugar every year and they would bring the tall stalks to the sugar house and that's where the juice was squeezed out and put into giant sugar kettles. Then the slaves put the kettles over the fire and they cooked that juice until all of the moisture evaporated and the juice became thick. Uh, Then they skimmed the thick sugar sugar off the top and put it into a smaller kettle and they repeated the process until the syrup remained. And this process was called a Jamaican train. I'm just watching my dogs. They can hear that my husband is is arriving home and I'm waiting for a big bark to erupt. (laughs) So how many slaves or enslaved people were kept at Oak Alley? Between about 110 and 120. That's a lot. 110, 120. But 
it's kind of average for mm-hmm. the amount of slaves that um, these plantation owners had. Most of them worked in the sugarcane fields, so most of them planted, weeded and harvested. Now, these were called the field slaves. Their days were long and very tiring and they were not paid for their work. Now, there were other slaves that worked in the big house and they did the cooking for the family. They did their laundry and they did their cleaning and they were called the house slaves. And there was a third group of slaves that worked on the plantation and they were called the craftsmen. And these were men uh, who were taught a specific task and that's what they did. So they would make barrels for the sugar. They made shoes. They worked as blacksmiths. <clears throat> so it's like a, uh, almost an apprenticeship into a... Um, because they were taught and then they'd become the, the main person yeah, to do it. they were the craftsmen then. Yeah. Now, the, the living quarters, as you kind of said, mm-hmm. were on the uh, plantation. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Oh, we've both, we're both got me. a bit of a lurgy still hanging around. It's got to go. And they were, you know, fairly basic and cramped, yeah. And they were these single cabins. So we are kind of going to be on the foot, footprint of yes, those, yes. which is going to be super, super, super interesting. Yeah. Uh, they were really denied human basic <clears throat> rights and they, depending on what plantation they were on, um, their lives were pretty awful. Yeah, we've all seen the movies. We've all, you know, learnt the history. It wasn't. Oh, we've learnt the history through Hollywood. Yeah. And yeah. look, we know how that goes with Ouija boards. So mm. Hollywood hasn't been very good there. I can't imagine what they've done to the uh, the true story. There were some. Oh, a little bit negative, Nancy, tonight, aren't I? There were some slave revolts at Oak Alley, um, as in other plantation areas and it was like they all sort of revolted at the same time they're all revolting they're all revolting so uh the the i guess the biggest one was the 1811 german coast uprising and that was one of the largest slave revolts in u.s history and uh there were uh, riots from a whole lot of uh, various plantations including on. oak alley isn't there um 1811. 1811. Is that... Oh, hang on. I've, I'm I'm wondering, is it the 1811 Overture? Oh, I don't know, I don't think so. No. No, sorry. I do have a degree in music, you know. Oh, and it's 1812. I was out by one year. Oh, my God. Oh, that's it. Take my degree off me. I'm done now. What all of this did, the Civil War and the revolts, they disrupted the ability for the um, plantations to maintain the operations and look after all the crops and everything. So they knew that when this was happening, that many of the male workers would go off to war or be killed during the revolts, which meant that there were labour shortages on the plantations. Mm -hmm. And this was um, really, really awful because if you don't have hands-on doing this, who's going to work? It's not going to be the gentlemen from the big houses. No. They're not going to get their hands dirty um so this is when things sort of started to fail a little bit they expect everyone else to work triply hard mm. now for the, less this this then you know when kind of the civil wars all over there were real challenges um in reconstruction so there was economic devastation because of the war and it was difficult for these plantations, including Oak Alley, to fully recover. The Roman family owned Oak Alley during this period, but they had to then grapple with these changes. And this is probably one of the reasons why they had to sell up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it also meant that uh, it transitioned from slavery-based labour to sharecropping and tenant farming. So it, 
people who had been working uh, on these big plantations and who had been emancipated and some of the formerly uh, enslaved people, they remained on these plantations and became sharecroppers. Uh, and this new system was brought into um, existence. But it kind of really didn't prove um, without its problems and challenges. Uh, but that's that's what they did. Um also, they had to, because of all of these things that were happening, this also had this huge um, impact on the races, the differences in the races between the whites and the blacks there. And this, again, forged this horrible, you know, like slight a wedge. wedge, yes. yes. Because, you know, the, the people that had come over um, and had been slaves were kind of going... Well, they hadn't come over. They'd been dragged over. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. But they wanted their freedom. They, they wanted to have um, a, a word. They, they wanted to be able to have, have a, a say and a voice. And these this raised a whole lot of intolerance um, because, geez, they were owned before that. Yeah, and look... <sighs> You can still see some of this happening in the Australian culture as well, where um, we we don't, well, some of us don't look on our Indigenous and also some uh, other countries that have come over here. They they don't look at them with the same equal respect. No, and it's because of this inbred or not inbred, ingrained uh, racism that is really entrenched in Australia. Mm. And I, I honestly don't think that people that are white understand. No, because they've never had to go through yeah, they, what these people they have. They do not understand what it is like to not have the privileges that seem to just come naturally mm. and normally to every white person. Yeah. They just don't. They don't. I mean, we even, as my parents came over to Australia mm -hmm. as being foreigners. Polish. We kind of understood a little bit of it and yet we I mean we've got white skin but we were foreigners yeah and it was very very distasteful to have um, our families within the community it took a lot um, from um, the people that were in Newcastle and the area at the time to have acceptance of all yeah. of these people coming over and as you know I I married uh, I was baker before mm -hmm. I got married and I became Rekovich. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure I've told this story before, but it's much earlier on, where I was teaching piano because I have a degree in music and I put a sign up at the front of the house in our area where we were living and said, you know, teaching music, Bachelor of Music Education. And I was sitting in my lounge room and I heard these two ladies walk past and they go, oh, look, they teach piano, they teach singing. Oh, there's some foreigner. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I've yeah. just experienced racism. Yeah. They turned their nose up at me as a teacher because I had a foreign last name. Yes. I can't even imagine if, if it was a, a different race. You know, it's like, yep. wow. I, I wanted to race out and say, excuse me, my name's Baker mm. and I've blonde hair and blue eyes at the time. Mm. But I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to waste my breath on those people. They're not worth it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. So we go into the 20th century, 1900s, 1925, and there are new owners and they change Oak Alley. And in 1925, the property is acquired by Andrew Stewart as a gift to his wife, Josephine. Uh, and Josephine commissioned architect Richard Koch to uh, supervise all the restoration and modernisation of the house. Uh, as a virus had wiped out the sugarcane industry in the early 1900s, the Stewarts ran Oak Plantation as a cattle ranch. And there was another... A cattle a ranch? A cattle ranch. And there was another reason for that. Yeehaw. Yeah, it's it's because Josephine was actually raised on a cattle ranch. So ah. she kind of knew. She knew what... That was her know. zone of genius, it was. Renata. She knew what it was like. Now, they purchased the plantation for $50,000. Isn't that crazy? And they spent another $60,000 to renovate it. 
Yeah. And um, yes, they did call it the big house. Now, they lived in other accommodation um, on the plantation while the big house was being prepared. But once it became sort of livable, they went straight into the residence. Now, Josephine or Aunt Tita, as she was affectionately referred to, was very well known for the fact that she was a cordial, inviting lady. And she loved this place and she loved this place so much that she wanted everyone to come in and enjoy it. So she would have afternoon teas. She would have the children come in and explore the grounds without any issue. Go and have a look. Go and have a look, my sweethearts. Poke your nose in there. And uh, she had um, annual sort of dinners. She'd host the seniors from the uh, uh, high schools. She'd have. Oh, when you said seniors, I thought it was going to be the busload from the Nazareth Nazareth, uh, nursing home that we we met it with the man with the giant penis. No. I should explain that. That was in the UK, the the Churn Giant. Sorry. That was Churn. Churn. Churn Giant. There was a busload of uh, pensioners in a bus sitting there looking at the the chalk outline of the man with the giant penis. No, they were not sitting there looking no, at it. That's right. They, <laughs> they reversed it. So. They could not see a thing. They had their well, cup, of, <laughs> cup of tea and a biscuit. That was, oh, hang on. Biscuit in America is something different. That's a scone. Uh, a cookie. <laughs> Oh, you have to watch our shenanigans for that. Oh, please go watch Anne and Renata, Frightfully Good. Hilarious. But anyway. (laughs) On YouTube. She would have music clubs, garden clubs, uh, and everyone over at the plantation. uh, And she actually opened up her private home for public tours. She loved the outdoors. Uh, and had a great passion for gardening, especially roses, and riding horses on her grounds. She also enjoyed swimming and had an indoor swimming pool built. Oh, wow. By moving together two chicken coops. <laughs> And they uh, and that were located on the grounds. And uh, this was a one of a kind indoor swimming pool, and it still apparently exists today, I'm according to, to this. Imagine. Two chicken coops making an indoor swimming pool. I know, right? We, can, we have to find it. It No, well, we can't because it sits on private property. But, oh, um, poop. Yeah. Now, again, the sugarcane industry was the primary plantation in South Louisiana. But Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
there was a virus and it completely destroyed everything. And like I mentioned, Josephine had come from a cattle ranching family, so she decided uh, that it would be a cattle ranch. It wasn't until the 1960s that sugarcane was introduced back to Oak Alley. Uh, and she entered into a lease agreement with some people to develop the plantation farmland into a sugarcane crop. Uh-huh. Now, unfortunately, yet again, and this is really awful, again, we have a woman whose husband passes before her and she's left uh, to think about whether she wants to carry on in the plantation or not. So Josephine's husband, Andrew, passed in 1946 and she decided to stay. Oh, good on And she decided that it was really, really important to make sure that the history and the heritage was preserved because the Stuarts had had no children. Uh, So she created a non-profit Oak Alley Foundation. She appointed relatives and close friends to the board of trustees uh, to oversee the home and the 25 acres. Uh, She named Matthew, uh, sorry, uh, her nephew as um, chairman of the board and so on and so forth. So you had this family now who were going to be actively involved with Oak Alley and um, keeping it going. Isn't that beautiful? Fabulous. Now, she passed away, and this is really interesting. She passed away on October the 3rd, 1972 at 7.30 a.m. All the clocks in the house are stopped at the time to honour her memory. And on October the 3rd, they pause to remember her because of how wonderful she is. Now, we're going to be there on October the 3rd. Um. Well, I, well, I'm going to have to look up what day we're actually going to be at Oak. Uh, uh, we'll be there later. Yeah, but... that's right. But the, I think our thing starts on the fourth yes. of October, so it'll only be. But we'll be there. Yeah, we'll mm. we'll be in New Orleans. Yes, yes. Now, one fu- one fun fact before I finish. Oh, I love a fun fact from Auntie <laughs> Delta. The largest tree named the Josephine Armstrong Stewart has a girth of 30 feet in circumference and has oh. a t- 127 feet limb spread oh. and its namesake... Uh, namesake. <laughs> oh, please. Name the sack, Renata. <laughs> namesake. With all those girths and widths and lengths, oh. I need to name the sack. Where did my head go? <laughs> Obviously, all my little... Cooing noises have um, titillated you and your brain's gone elsewhere. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. Oh, oh was, my God. It? Its namesake, Miss Josephine, was the last owner of Oak Alley. And it was she who established the Oak Foundation, Oak Alley Foundation, which preserves the plantation today. So they've named the biggest tree after Josephine. Oh, that's beautiful. But I still want to know the name of the sack. <laughs> I even say that? Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm going to pass it over to you before I make another mistake. Uh, all right. Well, before we go any further, I want um, to give a big shout-out to one of our very faithful supporters, Robert, who has just been through a rather large trauma surgery. Um, so if any of you are listening to this at the moment, if you can light a candle or send a prayer or a good thought or good wishes to our our good friend and our faithful fan, Robert, we'd really appreciate it. Now, we love some good ghost stories. Oh, I forgot to also say, if you want to uh, buy us a cup of coffee to say thank you for our work, we'd love that. Just look up Buy Me a Coffee. Is it Buy Me a Coffee? Yeah. Yes. Buy Me a Coffee backslash Anne and Renata, Anne with an E. And for five bucks, you can shout us a cup of coffee and we'll happily sip that together, won't we, Renata? We will. And a big shout out and thank you to our Grand Pooh Bars as well for their ongoing support, our Patreons uh, and the Parastalkers as well. Uh, all right. So I went through and tried to find some juicy stuff on this one. I thought, I'm going to pull it apart like we did with Myrtles. Mm -hmm. There is not so much, (laughs) because this one has not been done to death like Myrtles has. Mm -hmm. Mind you, we're staying a night at Myrtles as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, So... I did find some really cool stories and there was a great video on YouTube, which I think was about 12 years old. So it was 
much lower quality, but it's all the guides ah. telling their ghost stories. Oh, nice. It was fabulous. And they're all very passionate about it, all the volunteers that are there. But let me, let me tell you some of the ones that I discovered through my research. Now, you did mention Mrs. Stewart, who was Josephine, Aunt Tita. Is yes, that her? Aunt Tita. Now, this is uh, a report from uh, some of the people that worked there. Uh, and they're talking about upon closing the house one evening, following a private function, the assistant house manager, her daughter and tour guides were surprised to notice that the lamp in what is referred to as the lavender room, the lavender room, the lavender room was still on. The four ladies each remembered clearly that all but security systems illumination had been turned off prior to their leaving the house and heading towards the parking lot. As they stood looking up in bewilderment at the light shining from the lavender room windows, they saw a shadowy figure of a lady closely resembling photos they had often seen of Mrs. Stewart, who was the last resident gazing down upon them from her pleasant bedroom lookout. The upstairs gallery lamps blinked once and all four took off towards their car, losing no time (laughs) and exiting the plantation grounds. It wasn't until they were passing by the alley on River Road did they look at the house and see that all the windows were dark and everything was as it should be. Nice, nice story. I do like these ones. Oh, I've got little goosey bumpies. Now, you also mentioned um, Jacques Telesfore Roman the third. The third, Renato. You left that bit out. Sorry. He has apparently made an appearance there as well. The spirit of the original owner, Jacques Telesfore Roman the third has been spotted in the back part of the plantation, close to the old kitchen. Mm. He's going in for a midnight snack. He is. A bit of crispy chicken or some grits. I'm not sure about the grits. No, don't. <laughs> He's been seen wearing grey clothes and riding boots. His face showed up in a mirror that is located in the attic. In oh. fact, mm-hmm. the attic is a little bit of a hot spot for oh. some of the paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. So we might have to check out the attic mm-hmm. if, if we can climb the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there is also the reports of a young slender woman with long, dark hair that's been reported in several rooms of the mansion, uh, walking up the widow's walkway, and even riding her horse around the grounds. Mm. So I wonder if that that is Josephine. But there was another story. I'm just going to go down to uh, this other one, which might have been Josephine as well. Um, yeah, I just had to find that one. Uh, it's, a, it's about a photograph that was taken by a visitor. And throughout the house, they have those dress dummies that they put those beautiful gowns and dresses on that the women have would have worn and in this particular room they had one of josephine's dresses on the mannequin and if the the person has taken a photo just a general photo of the the area and you can see the mannequin there because it had no head mm-hmm. but then you see i think it's a reflection of the dress in the the dress thing, mm-hmm. the um, I can't remember the the dress mannequin without the head, but there is somebody's head there with long brown hair. Oh, so Ooh. it's like she's wearing her dress. Yes, very but, interesting. Yeah, so that that was a quite interesting story. There was another story about. Uh, I couldn't print up my notes. My printer wouldn't work. So I'm scrolling all over the place trying to find all my bits and pieces here. Uh, The scent of roses within the lavender room. Now, you'd think there'd be lavender, wouldn't you? Mm. But no, there's roses. Well, the the colour of the room might be lavender. And remember, she loved to... um, plant roses. Yes, she said. So she loved roses and cultivated them on the grounds uh, and... Uh, apparently this is where Josephine Stewart spent the last years. Now, workers have claimed to see a man believed to be the original owner, Jacques Roman, 
uh, on numerous occasions walking around the mansion's galleries and occasionally peeking inside. Oh. I wonder if he's checking on the work, mm, could making be. sure that's up to code. There's also the reports of a ghostly figure of a distinguished man in 19th century formal wear that has been seen in broad daylight before mysteriously vanishing from view. Oh, God. Let's see how many people we can offend this episode, Renata. Just remember, she's old. She says things that are inappropriate. It's dementia. That filter's starting to slip. Okay. (coughs) 20 odd years ago to say the first one. That's right. You were supposed to be able to put your feet on the poof. Remember they had the little cushions that you could put your feet on? That was called a poof. Poof. It's not a poof, though. It's a poof. Well, I would say poof because that's the way we said it at my place. Okay. Well, that makes it all perfectly legitimate there, Renata. Um, All right. So some of the other reports there, people have claimed to hear weird sounds, disembodied crying noises throughout the plantation, as well as the sounds of horse-drawn carriages on the property. But you've got to remember, this is on the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So I think if they're hearing disembodied crying, it's probably some wildlife. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that it was actual. I mean, it could be. There could be residual um, crying of those who were enslaved there. Could have been. Yeah. Some of the uh, poor workmen have been distressed. Uh, They've felt a ghostly presence around them. One of them was doing maintenance on the property when he felt something sort of come up very close to him and was even touched by an unseen entity. Oh. We'd be going, thank you, do it again. Give us a sign. Give us us another sign. (laughs) Your first sign wasn't enough. We need five, please. Yes, do it again. Uh, Another example of physical contact that's been made at Oak Alley was when a paranormal investigator uh, who was at the plantation was had something grab his arm in a way that felt like an electrical charge that caused him to drop his camera. Now, I actually found the report of that team where that incident happened. So that was very exciting. I'm going to do that a little bit towards the end. Um, There's also other paranormal activity, including witnessing strange things like shadow figures, Mm -hmm. (sighs) dust, Moving in strange patterns. Okay. Like there'd be no drafts in the house. And there'd be no dust in a house that old to the mind. Items moving from desks and tables. That's interesting. Chairs rocking on their own. That has to be one of the creepy things you see in movies Mm. when a rocking chair starts rocking back and forth on its own. I noticed you started rocking as I said Mm. that. (laughs) I'm imagining it going... No, that's what our neighbour's bed did quite often. Um, Not anymore. We've got nice neighbours now. (laughs) There was also a a case where candlesticks were thrown across a room. Uh, They do get EVPs quite regularly, so I'm I'm excited to try and give that a crack because I do love EVP work, but it's so hard when you've got a larger group of people to get everyone to be quiet. Um, uh, What else was there? Um... Oh. Uh, rather than sort of because some of these ghost stories are uh, sort of the same thing with just a slight change to them I thought I might go to the report that mm-hmm. I found yep in early 2005, I was part of a small ghost hunting group based out of southern Louisiana. The group was fairly new and centred their investigations on cemeteries in the occasional private residence. Now, I'm not going to say the names because I, I want to mm-hmm. leave this mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So we'll just say BT, my now co-founder of uh, this Louisiana team, was a fellow rookie investigator along with myself at the time. Now he was friends with a guy whose parents worked at Oak Alley Plantation and after he spoke with them he was able to line up an investigation at the the plantation. We were elated as this was going to be our first real investigation of a historical location of such magnitude. Oh, it would have been oh, just off the charts. For beginners. Yes. Wow. Just yeah. dabbling in it. So they say, as I mentioned, the, the small group we were part of at the time did things 
quite a bit different in their manner of investigating than we do now. The group seemed to centre their investigative results around the head of the group, a self-proclaimed psychic sensitive. Yes. Whatever she claimed she felt, the group would use that as their evidence. Okay. We've seen the results of what's happened from that, haven't we, Renata? Yeah, all over the world. Hmm. So many of these cases are these self-proclaimed psychic mediums who will make a sweeping statement mm-hmm. with absolutely no historical backing whatsoever, mm-hmm. and then it becomes legend. Mm-hmm. It becomes all of a sudden part of the history. Stop doing it. Anyway, uh, as I said before, I do not doubt that there are people out there with legitimate sensitive abilities. However, there are many charlatans out there Ooh, that are full say? of the old Bravo Sierra, which is BS, if you know what I mean. I would soon find out that this individual was in the latter of the two oh, no. categories. Mm. Oh. I hope they didn't keep her in the team for long. Um, regardless of these flawed techniques, I just want you to remember, Renata, they're beginner paranormal yeah. investigators. Yeah. 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 And they've, everyone's got to learn. Yeah, everyone's got to, got to yep. kind of yep. learn about what yep. they're doing, plus learn to be in a group situation. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So regardless of these flawed techniques, there were several of us who still investigated using more scientific methods. I get into trouble for that. This is triggering me in so many ways. This did not deter us from being anxious to conduct a thorough and accurate investigation. We knew we had to be on our A-game and be as professional as possible. This would prove to be a fiasco as we were horrified at the actions of our now defunct pseudo-psychic. Oh, no. Oh, now, this is the kicker. You're going to love this statement. I go into great detail regarding this debacle in my original book, Paranormal Censored, Uncensored. <laughs> I, I highly suggest you check it out and you will understand my thoughts on sensitives. Okay. We've got a big plug for the book there. Good on you. Well yeah. done. Well inserted. Yeah. So I then, of course, I dutifully went and cross-described and I tried to find uh, this book so I could dig out the, yeah. the juicy bits of what happened with this said psychic and... Uh, I could only find hard cover or hard copies that were going to I couldn't get them in time. If I could have got a, a downloaded version, I would have yeah. got it, but I couldn't. Um, so, the, oh, my voice is starting to go. We were greeted by the hospitable staff and were shown around the massive home, giving us an idea of where to focus our attention. From past reports, much of the activity seemed to reside in the attic area. Ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Which was forbidden for daily visitors. You are forbidden. Oh, Another area that garnered uh, attention was the bedroom of the former owner, Josephine Stewart. Very interesting photograph, and that's the one that we talk about, the tourist mm-hmm. taking the photo, headless mannequin. Next to the bus was a large mirror, rada, 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 got all of that. Um, the photo was analysed by numerous photographic experts and all agreed they could not detect any signs of manipulation. Uh, as it is often said that a picture is worth a thousand words, I will let the following image speak for itself. So we'll find that picture. Um, we'll have to make a note and uh, yep. tell Emmy to put it up for us because yep. we'll be away. Uh, we would begin our investigation in standard fashion, breaking up into two groups uh, of two. Oh, sorry, breaking into two groups, focus. focusing on specific rooms. So um, B and I began in the attic. As I mentioned, this is a reported hotbed of activity. Throughout our investigation, we observed what we could what could be best described as shadows moving throughout the attic and unexplainable electromagnetic spikes that seemed to surge when certain questions were asked. Mm. What were the questions? We need to know. Mm. Interesting. Um, as we conducted EVP work in a small nook in the attic, we found a very small door which led to another storage access area. We opened the door and looked around with no further incident. Dumb poop. However, when we reviewed the audio taken during that time, we were amazed at what we'd captured. It was as though someone was sitting in that area and we surprised them as the audio recorded the voice of what sounds like a young girl yelling, Oh no! 
The voice seems to have a Cajun accent. Further review of the audio uncovered a very clear and stern voice simply saying, No! as another investigator and I were talking. And I've heard that actually happens with EVP sessions, that sometimes you can just sit there and, and chat with each other about the history or mm. um, whatever's going on in your life, and they will talk yes. yeah. in the background. Yeah. That's why you've got to make sure there's nobody else around. Anyway, I'm, I'm nearly up to the camera. After operating L. Uh, Louisiana team for well over a decade, I've seen many investigators come and go. Their reasons vary as many soon realise that a lot of work is involved. Others have piss-poor attitudes. (laughs) (laughs) And some even realise they weren't as brave as they thought they were. Such was the case with one of our investigators, as Oak Alley would be his first and last investigation. As he wandered the attic area, he felt as though someone had grabbed his arm. Whatever was there... The force would be best described as an electrical surge down the arm. The sensation was forceful enough that he dropped his camera. He would not be the same for the rest of the evening and would later determine that investigating the paranormal was not his cup of tea. Mm. Yes. So I just thought that was a very interesting story. Yeah. Um. And there's a few little barbs in there. I feel little chaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Now, I did find uh, that that one came from Haunted Nation Blogspot. Now, this one comes from LouisianaHauntedHouses.com. And they encouraged people to write down their experiences if they've had any at Oak Alley. Yep. This one, during the walk through the tour of the big house, I was grabbed on the butt cheek. Oh, there was lucky, no one behind me. No, no, not even a Saturday night. I tried to mimic the sensation. <laughs> that would have looked weird. <laughs> if if it was a tense muscle and was unable to replicate, it was a full on grope of my left butt cheek <laughs> in the bedroom upstairs across from the nursery. Oh, we'll have to spend some extra time. Make sure we're last okay. in the group for that one. Okay. We might get a little. We'll see. All right. Now, there's another one. And these were posted fairly recently. That one was posted on the 17th of September. Mm-hmm. Not long ago at all. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, her two kids and I went today for Mother's Day. To my <clears> surprise, <throat> my girlfriend asked me, do I see the lady by the house? I'm looking very hard. Nope. Then her son said, you don't see her picking up stuff off the ground? I'm like, no. Then I noticed my girlfriend waving bye to someone. I tell her it's no one over there. She's like, you don't see that lady lean against the tree? So I go to the lady at the admission window and I asked her if the lady that works um, here with two braids going to the back and she said no. It was time to go. <laughs> so that was written a little bit in English. That was uh, I had to try and decipher that one. Mm-hmm. And of course we can't can't leave a story without visiting TripAdvisor. Oh, you did it. I did. I did. Uh, I came here with a class and took a tour. The grounds are beautiful and were exceptionally uh, so on the foggy day we visited. Oh, so they were exceptionally beautiful on the day they visited. I don't usually like history-heavy tours, but this place has a lot to say and it draws you in. I couldn't get enough of the massive live oaks that lined the entrance. Very impressive trees. I heard from my professor upon leaving that there is a lot of supernatural suspicion about this place. All of the employees were very professional and there were no gimmicky ghost tours but it would be cool to read up on this and see the grounds again. With that in mind just keep it classy like they do. I just like that one. I thought mm. that was nice. And I think this is the difference between this one that we're going to mm-hmm. and another one mm-hmm. uh, where they don't bung it on. Mm-hmm. So bung it on means like um, really laying it on um, more than it, what it should be. Yes. Yeah. More drama than needed. Yeah, drama llamas. Uh, what's this one here? Um, I won't do all of them because we're starting to run out of time. We stayed in the Rene Cottage outside the grounds of the plantation. The cottage was wonderful and very comfortable. The furnishings were very tasteful and looked period, uh, but they were not antique. The shower was good but lacked water pressure. 
Complain, complain, complain. The small bathroom and tiny pedestal sink made putting on makeup difficult. Oh, darling. Well, we won't need to worry about that. Uh, We didn't go there for the room. We went to Ghost Hunt and we had a blast. We had all night access to the grounds and wandered to our heart's content. The tour was very good and we saw every room on the first and second floors. You can take pictures all throughout the house. I really enjoyed that. I was disappointed we had to pay full price of $18 each. What? When we were, when we <laughs> oh, were paying to stay overnight. Right. I really feel they should have offered us at least 50% discount as B&B customers. We felt a bit ripped off paying $32 to tour the big house and having to leave a tip for housekeeping. We didn't capture any EVPs. The EMF never wavered. I only got orbs and one maybe ghost and thing in the woods. But we felt free to wander oh, around at all the, hours. A thing in a the woods. A thing in the woods. <laughs> thing in the woods. <laughs> That's right. Orbs, maybe one ghost and a thing in the woods. Oh, God, ripped off. She was oh, ripped off. The staff was helpful and supplied us with suggested locations and names of pros- possible entities on the grounds. I probably won't go back, but I'm glad I visited. Mm. I just, I like that one. But if gonna, I was a staff member, I'd tell her where to go too. Yeah, we'd be. <laughs> What do we call it here in Australia? Bitch slapper. Um, anyway, I'm going to finish up with this. And I read okay. this uh, from a book called A Haunted History of Louisiana Plantations by Cheryl H. White and Ryan Smith. And they had a few little degrees um, beside their name. Mm-hmm. Those who visit Oak Alley seeking the ghost of Jacques Roman will inevitably encounter the documented story of his family and their place within the broader framework of Louisiana history. Those who come in curiosity seeking the aroma of roses in the mansion's fabled lavender room will certainly learn of one woman's noble efforts to save a significant historic structure from sure deterioration and loss. Anyone strolling the grounds hoping to encounter ghostly apparitions in broad daylight will come face to face with the harshest reality of the antebellum plantation economy, that of human slavery. In this way, the paranormal allure only reinforces the history lesson, and all who visit will go away with a deeper knowledge and bearing the indelible imprint of the past. And to me, I love that. This is what it's all about. Yeah. It embellishes yes. the history. It makes it real. Yes, they Just come what in. We tell them. Yeah, they come in for the ghosts, but they actually learn about yes. the history yep. and the characters. The these real people yep. who made a difference or did something spectacular, or learning about the suffering. Yeah. Instead of going in there going, oh, come on, show us what you've got. Yeah, yeah. That was just the most amazing quote. Beautiful. Well done. Thank you. Well, um, that's that's all I've got for you, because I'm, I'm not going to say whether it's haunted or not, because we're going to go and we're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Well, we know it's haunted by the memories of the people that yes. lived in the house and the slaves that worked on the property. And those that that actually haunts people to this day with their uh, triggers. Yeah. That causes haunting of a different sort. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit profound. It is, isn't How it? How did we get there at the end of this? Oh, see. Oh, that we're sack. going to learn so much. We're going to, we're going to learn so much from our yeah. New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. <laughs> New Orleans. Oh, it's getting late, people. Our New Orleans. We are, we've got one more episode to record and we will do it. We will make it before yes. we leave. Um, look, guys, I, I'm going to say it is haunted and I will uh, endeavour to get some evidence and um, we'll present it to you and see, see what we can... Absolutely. Well, we can only try. Absolutely. There'll be no sleeping for us for and 10 days. We're not going to complain about the water pressure. and no, We're not going to complain not. about the small mirrors for no, makeup. No. We're just going to embrace it and love every single second with these awesome people that are coming with us if you've enjoyed this episode please share it around Uh, if you'd like to leave us a review that would be awesome Uh, and if you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee to say thank you or just buy me a coffee backslash Anne and Renata if you want to become a regular supporter of what we do head over to Patreon and look for Anne and Renata and we've had some new ones recently we have 
Welcome to the newbies. So uh, thank you for being here. We'll be back with another one in a fortnight. Mm -hmm. See you on the dark side. Stay spooky. And don't be a dickhead. And be frightfully good too. Oh, that too. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.